Hi, this is Kimberly. Please enjoy our podcast, but remember our doctors are only here to educate, not diagnose. If you have any questions or need any further information, please email me. My email address is kim at mfwellness.org. Hey, Spine Whispers. Thanks for listening to our podcast yet again. I am here with Drs. Joshua Fink, Dr. Matt Fink, and Dr. Brad Maurer. Enjoy. All right, we're back. Uh, Another podcast. We got interrupted the other week um, uh, by this stupid virus. We wanted to talk about six numbers we want our patients to know. We talked about BMI. We talked about blood pressure. We talked about... What did I talk about? Caloric intake. Caloric intake, yeah. Uh, You know, numbers that you should, you know, not be a slave to, but understand. And it's in understanding the numbers that we get the ability to to wield them. It it empowers us. So we want to do that again today. Pick three more numbers and empower people about them. And um, we're going to have a big fist fight about what numbers, but we've largely just left each other alone regarding this. So I'm not quite sure who's doing what. I don't know either. (laughs) All right. Hopefully we don't all have the same thing. You know what I mean? We just take turns yelling about the exact same thing. (laughs) Uh, Who wants to go first, I guess? I can. All right, hopefully. Let's find out what Dr. Matt's number is. We're going to talk about target heart rate. Oh, Oh, TRH, Kim. That's mine. Oh my gosh, I knew it. No, just kidding. Oh. oh. No. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> I, I, I even knew what he's talking about. I thought it was. I don't either. It's a mystery. He's even got his paper close to his chest. Like we, He's got it faced up so we don't Kim, see it. You should have seen Kim's face. She was all. So, so let's talk about how to monitor your heart rate. Okay. We all have these super awesome watches. or um, We have Fitbits um, that we wear. And you can really look at your heart rate during the time that you're exercising to get it to where the point now dr josh has always said hey you want to make sure that you're either sweating or out of breath that's right um that's how you get good exercise well that is absolutely accurate but a more accurate way to do that is to set your watch or your fitbit to say hey i want to make sure that i'm going to hit this target heart rate during this exercise keep me aware of my progress and it will buzz or vibrate when you hit that heart rate and it'll continue to do so while you're doing that. Right. So right, for, right, maxi- right. for maximum performance, maximum heart rate, it's it's uh, level five and level four. It's about 90 to 100%. And you really only want to do How do that. they find their max? So we're going to talk about that. Okay, sorry. Let, I'm just going through the, we're going to talk about I got it, I got it. I'm five things first, okay. You think and it's so, funny, Kim? <laughs> you must be talking about something really interesting because she looked up from her phone. Yeah, it must be. You know, meow. Amazing. Are you going to say something, something, Kim? For this podcast. Oh my oh, gosh. While we're doing so, the podcast. That's, that's how committed fantastic. Kim is. Committed. She's so committed. Committed to excellence. Yeah. Continue. 90, 90 to 100% of your maximum or your target heart rate mm-hmm. that you want to make sure you're not not doing that for too long probably five okay five minutes less, of like a 30 maximum. minute workout or a 60 minute no, workout just, or a... just five yeah five minutes total yeah five okay. minutes total. i understand no, I now got as we move down to levels three two one and um they get significantly less intense okay so dr josh was asking about well how do we find our target heart rate yeah you take 220 220 minus your age Mmm, the standard. I thought there was a different and funner way. More no. fun. There is a more complicated, but... 
Yeah, yeah that's but the easiest that's, to remember. Yeah. So, and you can really, um, or you could put it the there is a site um, YWCA Saskatoon. I love it. You put mm-hmm. in your your ingredients for your heart your heart rate, and uh-huh. it tells you what like what kind of exercise you want to do. Oh, that's cool. You, so. The you, reason you now the why do you think we have anybody listening from Saskatoon? Saskatoon? I hope so. I on our oh no, on, on our demographics, we have we have a lot of Canadians that listen in a lot, but it doesn't break them down by a province. So I, I'm looking for those Manitobans to start calling in, yeah, so we can go there and do a, a, a on site Manitoban Mani- podcast, yeah, or Quebec, and then uh, we could go there fish and fish yeah. for their northern pike, which are just incredible. So, um. The reason why we're talking about a target heart rate is because when you're exercising, we want to get, we want you to get the most out of the exercise that you're doing, and whether it's light, whether it's just for weight loss, whether it's just for exercise, if you're walking but you're not breaking a sweat and you're not hitting your target heart rate, yeah, you're, it's you're great, wasting but your, right. you're wasting your time. Right, like, good you're job. Enjoying the like... scenery, mentally it's good for you, but you're not, you're not getting that cardiovascular mm-hmm. uptake that Dr. Josh talks about all the time of 30 minutes. Right. So that is a very, very important number to think about. Makes sense. And that and that target heart rate is usually a certain percentage, right, of that yeah, max. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's why level three, two, and seven, one. Yeah, yeah, 75%. You know, if you don't have a, if you don't happen to have yeah. a watch, yeah. uh, that's the normal. Yeah. yeah, Dr. Brad's right. So the normal, the normal target heart rate for any exercise is usually 80%. Of max. That's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I, I, like you said, I just tell them, hey, when you're slightly out of breath, when you can't, like, flat out talk to somebody as long as you want, you have to go like that, you know, take a breath, then you know that's when you're getting close to that target heart rate. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. That's a very good one. Like, heart health, you know, it doesn't just, it doesn't just come. You got to pursue it. You got to chase it down. Heart health, at the end of that 20 minutes, 30 minutes, that's when your heart moves into that phase where it's like, oh, i got to add more cardiac muscle. And that's wonderful. That's what we want. We want exercise-driven hypertrophy, not like pressure-driven hypertrophy. So that's really good. Cool, cool. All right, Dr. Myra, do you want to go next? You want me to? Yeah, I can go ahead. So I picked out a number that I feel like Everybody should be interested in. Let's do it. And that is their age. Oh my goodness! Wow, that's a key number. Oh, so, but a rare comment from Kim. <laughs> yeah, you shocked her. Yeah, she put her phone down. Oh my god! All right. I did. And on the table. So specifically, I want to talk about <laughs> chronological age versus biological age. Now, hopefully, most of you know your chronological age. So that's that's a number that jumps up mm-hmm. every year on your birthday. Mm-hmm. So, and it goes up until you get to 40, and then it stops. Right. Mine stopped at 30. Oh. You're over 30? Nope. <laughs> you almost got her. No, I, I honestly was surprised. I, I thought she was in her 20s. Well, thank you. So that's Damn. your chronological age. That's, uh-huh. that's what we normally say when somebody asks our age. Mm-hmm. What the other one is is biological age, and there is some different ways to look at that. But really, in general, what it's look, what it's determining is, even though you're reaching this different chronological age each year, how old is your body really? Mm-hmm. And there's some pretty complicated testing that they do, and uh, some of the testing looks at different biomarkers. So it looks at molecular size of things. It looks at the DNA. It looks at the RNA. 
how it's responded to what you put your body through all these years. And they also <laughs> look at different phenotype, like how your body Ooh. reacts to different things, like blood pressure, grip strength. We've talked about that Man, before. That's, I can't wait. I can't wait till we have that machine. Yeah. Tells so much. And then it, uh, mm. also looks at... I get pumped up every time you talk about at, it. I gotta at, have it. At lipids, you know, different things from blood testing. Yeah, so that's can. one way. That can get a little expensive, you know, if you... If We're going to call it like the squeeze station. <laughs> Ooh, all right. You're still thinking about the dynamo. I can't get <laughs> enough. Uh, yeah, and, sorry, I'll be quiet. I'm sorry. And then there's other models. There's like mathematical models where they look at... They actually look at your chronolo uh, chronological age. They look at your genetics. Uh -huh. Like how quickly your body uses antioxidants to clear things out. We always talk oh my about gosh. antioxidants. How do they test that? That That is, I believe it's through. It's got to be. That yeah, higher so. the predator. It's got to be. It flows through your body. They put like you through the sequence yeah. of events where they scare the <laughs> hell out of you. Yeah. <laughs> they hire the predator. Wait, what's the real answer, though? How do they do that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Probably blood work. Blood. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Kim, have you seen the movie Predator? Yeah, I've seen the movie Predator. Oh, have you really? Oh, you got the, you got the yeah. voice. I love how when people imitate me, my wife does this and Michelle does this. They assign me this ultra deep voice. And I wish my voice sounded like that. Like, my wife would be like, oh, okay. Like, and I'll be like, is that what I sound like? That's awesome. Uh, but now they've caught on and they've started, they've started really lightening it. To, to get me. Like, oh, we did it. Yeah. So yeah, it's tough. they look at uh, genetics, they look at lifestyle, they look at nutrition, and they look at diseases and other conditions. That's a mathematical type model. They gotcha, use, so. gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but the big thing is, I don't feel like any of you need to rush out and get you know your biological age tested. The big thing I want to talk about though is, we can't do anything about your chronological age. You know, time's gonna pass. Mm -hmm. We're not quite coming. there yet. Yeah, we're working on it. A couple it, things to work on, right? But what we can do is to help you and i say help because really it's up to you to actually fulfill everything we talk about but mm -hmm. the great thing is is that we spend all our time you know in podcasts and videos talking about all the things you need to do to stay healthy these are all things that are going to help bring down that biological age mm -hmm. and that biology i didn't say this but that biological age is something that continually could potentially go up and down. Up and down, depending on yeah, what you got going on. Like right down. now, I would say that the global average has gone way the hell up. Yeah, and we didn't talk about stress, you know, so stress could, you know, do a lot of damage to the body as mm -hmm, well. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. everything, things we talk about like exercise, we just, Dr. Matt was just talking about it. We talk a ton about nutrition. Basically anything you're putting into your body can affect that. Mm -hmm. Stress levels. So everything we talk about and when it comes to that, you are the manager of your own health. But we're here to, to back that up. Yep. And also... And to, like, direct it. Yeah. And how healthy your, your spine is, of course, and your nervous system. We can Delicious. help it that way. So that's the big deal. I wanted to talk about a number that everybody might be interested in. That's it's perfect. Yeah. And just because you've hit that 40 mark or the 50 mark... Or Doesn't 60, mean squat. Yeah. You always hear right. that... Age is this number, and, then, like, and it really is. Yeah, you know? it is, and you're like that's an incredibly important number because if people are like, you know, what are you working towards for a health goal? I'm working to bring down my 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 biological age. Okay, that's a pretty worthwhile pursuit. It encompasses all of the other things that we're talking about. So yeah. that's a really really good one that people don't often think about. And yeah. you can like, you can get the blood work done. You get, but there's there's less stringent methods for evaluating that and for lowering and for lowering it. So. Yeah.
forgot so, what movie. This is a big thing to keep in mind because some people kind of get depressed when that chronological age yeah. jumps. And this is just kind of a way to think about it differently. Yeah, it's awesome. And there's a huge swing right now, like, you know, with COVID going on. People are just the stress and the pressure that they're under. It's just incredible, you know. I mean, how many people lived through a pandemic? There's a couple people, but, like, not very many. 1913. I mean, but also, I think a lot more people are exercising and eating better. Do you think so? I think in the beginning that was true. You don't think so? No. In the we're beginning, five months deep. Yeah. In the beginning, <laughs> everyone's like, hey, let's Zoom meet and keep each other's spirits up and let's blah, 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 blah. But, um, you know. Now it's now just us. That's right. It's yeah, just we just say, us. We see people. 1,200 people a month. And I would say um, it, we... Man, we're working hard to keep people's spirits up. While well, we're checking the spines, but trying to help out in any way we can. I'm like, it's way, it's, yeah. I would say that most people are not handling it very as well as they as they could. But like, I'm not gonna judge them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pandemic. No one's judging anybody here. So, uh, my uh, number was temperature, body temperature, because fever and the lack thereof. Uh, holy cow, just in this last 14 days, we have really had a lot of dis- lively discussions with people uh, and with school nurses. They are under a ton of pressure. All the nurses are under a ton of pressure and their doctors are. And um, elevated body temperature or not, what the symptoms mean, I want to talk about it for a little bit. So first, let's talk about the collection of this. So we can take your temperature in your ear. We can take the temperature from your skin. We can take a temperature from inside your body. Now, if you are a little bit older um, than me, that was the standard way that that was done. Do you know what I'm talking about, Kim? Your eyes are real wide right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess there's two ways you could do it. Right? The rectum. <laughs> you could do it in, in the mouth. That's, yeah, that's good. But, like, what if you ate something? Or drank water. When you want to get out of school, you use the intraoral. You know, when something's really wrong, you do the rectal. Now, the most accurate, rectal thermometer. But don't tell anybody we told you that because they're going to want to go back to that, and we don't want to do that. Incidentally, if It's you... on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, don't tell if, you ever, if you ever pass out at soccer camp and they take you to the hospital, that's how they check your temperature. So, you, uh, so first like, of all, first of all you like... passed out at soccer camp. Then when you are groggy and you wake up, somebody's... Somebody's taking your temperature that way. I feel like somebody's traumatized. <laughs> can you imagine? No, I don't, you? don't want to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Like, they're like, oh, you're, you're awake. I'm like, yeah, you just shove that up there. Where am I? I mean, I, you know? I guess, you know? Anyway, anyway, I, uh, I probably got to let that go. Anyway, uh, other ways to take it. We, we could take it the intraoral, next best way. And then uh, oral and ear are about comparable. And then um, skin is actually the least reliable. Now, they're all good. They're all good. We're talking about best. Now, what do you think about these air, you know, the ones where you, about an inch from the forehead? I don't like them one bit because changes in air currents, the environment that the person was coming to, coming, going from and coming into, ambient stuff, it's just too much. The more media that the temperature needs to pass through, in order to get a reading, it's just ridiculous. Air's the best insulator that there, one of the best insulators that there is. So the more air you have between you and the target temperature, I just don't like that at all. Unless you have a laser. If you have a laser, then forget it. 
Well, properly calibrated laser, it's over. That's the temperature. There's no question about it. But I don't think a lot of these schools have properly calibrated lasers. If they do, that's awesome. You know, but yeah, the, you know, just go out, go get your dad's, get their infrared <laughs> thermometer that they use on their car parts in their garage. That's the thing. You have access to that guy, you're, you're set. Right? Or a cooking one, too. Right? But it just takes the temperature, you know, the surface temperature. So you wouldn't know that surface temperature, then that's the best bet. But man, we want to be inside there. You know, so that's that. Now, when we talk about what is a fever and what's not, you know, we talk about that dif that difference between being right around it's a it, hundred degrees. So, if you go over a hundred, they start saying, okay, your body temperature is elevated, and maybe you've got a fever. You know, if you go below ninety five, then then we talk about hypothermia or, or other conditions going on. Now, depending on what medical professional you talk to, what day of the week it is, and what their caseload looks like. Fever changes a lot. I've seen people dismissed from urgent cares with 103s, 103.5 actually. And I've seen people that are out, have been out of work for four weeks now and they threw a 100.1. Like, it just depends on how, what kind of a mood that person's in and it drives me absolutely crazy. The non-standardization. What I want our patients to understand is that if they have a way of taking their temperature, it doesn't matter what that way is as long as they consistently apply that method. Take your temperature at the same time every single day, just so you know what it is. Take your kid's temperature at the same time every single day, just so you know what the baseline is. Those are the numbers that I want you to know. Not what, your, what temperature is when you come up from inside from running, you know what I mean? <laughs> or somebody scares you to death. No, I don't care about those temperatures. I care about the temperature that you run daily because that's how you know how far off the norm you are. You know what I mean? Dr. Matt runs like a 96.1. He's made of ice it 97, never 97.2 it never changes we take them every single day here in the office we have a long now by now we have a five week six week long graph of daily temperatures twice a day and dr matt is like a cyborg he his temperature does not change it's pretty wild um other the the rest of us depending on like we just get done seeing patients who's coming from outside the temperatures can vary wildly what i want you guys to understand is that when your child has a 100.1, what are your kid's other symptoms? Is he lethargic? Is there rings around the eyes? It, it, you know, does he feel good? Is he acting weird? Does he not know about the fever at all? Is it not green? Is it clear? Is there mucus coming out of the eyes? Do they have abdominal cramps? Do they go to the bathroom? These kids just got back to school. They're getting exposed to everything on earth. I need you to look at the other symptoms that your child is displaying before before we go to any urgent care emergency situation, unless it's a very significant symptom. So that school nurse calls you or somebody calls you, they're like, hey, your kid's got a fever, it's, it's 100.6. And you're like, okay, all right. What's he doing? How's he acting? You know, did he eat lunch? Did he just come in from outside? These numbers matter. Fever and temperature don't exist in a vacuum. As clinicians, we absolutely have to inspect the entire situation before making an assessment. And as parents, we need to do that too. What we don't do is feed into the hysteria and start making snap decisions, you know. In this last two weeks, we have seen so, so many new patients here that have been rejected from urgent cares, untreated, because they did not have a fever or because they did have a fever that didn't match the symptoms of COVID. I mean, I'm having people come in here, numb arms, chronic headache, inability to sleep, inability to digest food, and because the, the, the only thing that they get given as a recourse is to take the COVID test. 
oh, you don't need the COVID test, go home. You need the COVID test, stay here. That's it. Nope, it, nothing's getting treated. And it's driving me off the wall. What needs to happen is we need to look at these patients, fever or not, and their other presenting symptoms. We don't just look at one number. So what do I want? I want you guys to know what your number is and what, I want you, and what your kids' numbers are. And I want you to be able to talk about it. Like, oh, he usually runs this. He usually runs that. I want you to have a graph. That way, if you have to bust out a graph on somebody, this is what my child normally runs. You know, you're only two-tenths of a degree higher right now. Like, that's not, you know, you get a young man or a young woman in puberty, good luck with that temperature. So we need to know those numbers. Also, I have a secret number um, that I've been dying to talk about. No. <laughs> and uh, I, I know, I'm sorry, but uh, it has to, we have to talk about it. I want to talk about heart rate variability. And um, I know the boys, mm -hmm. uh, we love this thing, and I just I couldn't let it go. When you exercise, how uh, you being able to complete the exercise, uh, that's a very big deal. How fast your heart rate comes down after you complete the exercise is an incredible measuring tool to diagnose your health the sympathetic versus the parasympathetic nervous system, how fast you elongate the distance between your heartbeats. How fast can you do that? How fast can you recover? It's an incredible metric for health. So what I want everybody to do, go walk a mile or go slow jog a mile, whatever it takes to get your heart rate up into Dr. Matt's target heart rate. Then I want you to stop and I want you to start taking your, your um, heartbeat and I want you to take it. You could use the finger, method. there's tons of methods. I want you to take that every single minute or every 15 seconds, depending on how close you want to know this number. And you want to see that number coming down. If you're at three minutes, four minutes, and the number is still up in the TRH, then you need to talk to us. If it's coming down ahead of that, and the faster that it comes down, the healthier your heart is. And it's not just your heart rate, it's the systems that control your heart. That's what we're talking about. The brain telling the heart, slow down, slow down, we're recovering, or whether it's not, is an incredible indicator of how adaptive and how good of a stress response. And the better your stress response, the healthier and the longer you're going to be on this planet, barring uh, uh, an accident or something like that. That was a good secret number. I like that one. Thank you. very Heart rate variability. It yeah. had to be talked about. Yeah, but temperature has to be talked about because I'm tired of yelling about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then last thing we need to yell about, gators versus face masks. There was a study done two months ago, not two months ago, I guess it was two months ago. Is that a gator? Are you wearing a gator? I'm wearing a gator. A gator is the, um, is the, is the, how do you describe it? It's the, it's the not thing? mask. It's the neck thing. The neck thing. <laughs> the neck thing. Yeah, neck the, In the study, they talked about what they were trying to measure, um, how many um, droplets, uh, respiratory, respiratory droplets were emitted through a mask or through a gator. Now, the purpose of the study, as expressly dictated by the authors, is not to determine the quality of transmission through a gator or through a cotton mask is to determine whether or not they can measure it. All they're trying to do is figure out they can measure this in the study. So what happens? They get 35 or 32 cotton masks and they have one gator. It's made of fleece. And only because it was laying around. And just because it was there. They're like, just let's throw this there. in. So what do they do? They're like, oh, fleece has the highest transmission. They've got an N of one. Absolutely cannot take any information from the study if there's one subject in the study for peace sake the most you can do is a case report the most you can do but what happens the media gets a hold of it they explode it and now all these people are saying oh your kids can't wear gators gators don't work they didn't test the different types of gators they tested nothing this is the kind of irresponsible journalism and irresponsible science and data collecting that scares me to death in our communities 
people making these things, making these assumptions, it's a crock. Now, are gators worse than masks? I don't know. They might be. Let's take a look at it. Yeah. Let's design a study. Right. But no, not freak out about it. Anyway, yeah, I yelled about that. I think I'm done yelling about everything. This went from really positive to really yelly and really Your quick. biological age just went up. I, I, honestly, I'm just, I just get so mad. Tick, 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 tick. The, people, <laughs> the people deserve better from the medical community. They deserve better, and they're not getting it. We're getting patients in here that, that should have gotten help at an urgent care. We're getting people in here who are just straight up malpracted, and it's just driving me up the wall. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Um, okay, the six numbers, the seven numbers. Yeah. Um, Hello. I have one number that I want to. Kim, oh, now we're up to eight. Is it eight six seven five three zero nine? Oh my gosh, Kimberly, tell oh, us your number so that we can get mad at you. Um, you probably will. I don't care. Uh, oh, <laughs> Snapdragon. Kim, you kind of care though. It is how many ounces of water you intake a day. Oh, okay. It's just I think. Uh, well, the gold standard. Of... The gold standard is half your body weight in ounces. Yeah, but I think that is absolutely insane, right? Have you? Has anybody in this room ever drank half their body weight in ounces? Have you really? Yeah. You're so cool. Well, it depends on the person. Yeah, but you guys are so cool. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. I, th if you're having three 12 ounce waters in the morning, six in the afternoon, you're killing it. You're yeah. killing it. It's a lot. Three glasses of water. I would tell people a glass of water an hour. Yeah, glass being ten ounces. It's meant to maintain and not to try to make mm -hmm. up because you're, you're like, oh, I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna if you have a mask, I'm gonna on, drink hundred right, ounces right. at seven o'clock at night. Yeah, if you got a mask ah. or a gator on, then you absolutely have to hit those numbers or go higher because you're dehydrating the heck out of yourself. Yeah, and especially with kids at school, like a lot oh, of the my people gosh. that are doing in school stuff, great one. They don't have access to water now. Right. So right. Have, oh yeah, it's ridiculous. To, to, which is we should talk you, about that in the video. You, we have to. You have to bring your own water, which is fine. I get it. There's a lot of stuff going on, but but kids have to have enough water. Even if they say, "I don't want to bring a water bottle to school," tell them, "No, you're bringing a water yeah. bottle." That's what I would my boys They're like. Pour yeah, it over you your head. Water. No, no, you're bringing it. That's it's it. Be full. There's not a discussion. Yeah. Next tomorrow. Yeah, that's it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he gets crazy. Yeah, that's that's. So eight numbers. That's what it was. I like it. Yeah. Next yeah. tomorrow. All right. All right. That's so that's that. Mm -hmm. All right. Very good. Uh, our next podcast topic oh, yeah. will be acupuncture yeah. with Dr. Kirsten Leapley. Nice. And so, so we're a special taking... guest. And then after that, another special guest. Yeah. We're trying to. Kim's working on that one. But um, so, yeah. Kim's so, being really mysterious. I'm not sure why. <laughs> so, in the office, we have please fill out uh, questionnaires so that uh, Dr. Kirsten can um, kind of answer questions. She likes to be a little bit more prepared than we are. So. Or you can email me your question. Kim. Or email Kim. K-I-M at M-F-Wellness.O-R-G. Every time you say that, I want to say O-M-G. Yeah. All right, very good. Okay, uh, really good one. We will talk to you guys in two weeks. And a big thank you goes out to Hug Monster Sound for somehow allowing the doctor's voices to sound even better than they already do.